0: Francisco Bay. This is the Chain Crew Podcast. We are the voice of California youth football powered by Atavis, educating coaches to teach safe tackling technique. Visit cayfa.org to find out more. Now here's the Chain Crew.
1: Welcome to another Chain Crew podcast brought to you by the California Youth Football Alliance. We are the voice of California youth football, and we've got a great show for you today. I'm Steve Famiano, along with Joe Rafter and the infamous one. I know he loves when I say that. The infamous one, Ron White, is here with us. Fellas, what is happening today? What isn't happening today? <laughs> isn't that true, Ron? The buzz around AB1. We're, this
0: This is going to be a great podcast.
1: And I'm pretty sure this is a, a a very important show for many in the youth football community that want to hear um, what we have to say about the passage of AB1, a bill that we have been working on with Assemblyman Cooper for uh, quite some time now, the the past few months, and and actually going back to last year in 2018. And Joe, we're going to start off the chain crew today uh, with you giving us just a uh, a quick summary of how AB1 came to be, how we got to this point in time. Um, because there's a lot of backstory to this uh, this journey that we've all been on for youth football here in California. So um, go ahead and uh, let everybody know how it is we've gotten to this point in history in California youth football.
2: Cool. So uh, I'm going to start with a sobering fact. This could have been California's last year for youth tackle football this season. Good point. But it's not. In fact, California now has... We've memorialized our future in the state of California with youth tackle football with a AB1. So I say that because <clears throat> in uh, February 2018, uh, there were a couple of assembly members who brought forth AB 2108, uh, the bill to ban youth tackle football. It was even written as the Safe Football Act. It was a slimy bill, to be candid, and it was banning youth tackle football. Forever, It was a train wreck of a bill. It was written miserably. It had no leadership behind it. When I say that, I mean, it, 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 it was poorly led. It had it had a lot of actually national juice behind it. There were entities from outside of California who were who were trying to drive that um, specifically from Boston. And five of us stood up for the state of California and frankly, the nation, because as we know, change happens from California. Social change moves from the West Coast or the East Coast. Five of us stood up, went on an 11-week campaign, and defeated that bill before it ever got the committee. It was a David versus a Goliath experience. Uh, that was the Save Youth Football California Coalition. 11-week campaign, five guys, literally killed it. A couple weeks later, those same assembly members come out and they say, we're going to bring the bill back next year. Three of us, Ron, Steve, and myself, take about 45 days. Frankly, we take 45 days off just to be with our families again we were working 30, 40 hours a week for 11 weeks. So we took 30, 45 days off just to get back to our family. We restarted these kinds of conversations in the late June timeframe of 2018. And we built a strategy over that summer and we debated, are we going to form a 501 C three? Are we going to stay as a coalition? Who's going to play what role? How are we going to organize? What are we going to do? So we debated that over that summer and, uh, uh, we wrote a strategy and that strategy is now unfolding and embodied in what you see in the California Youth Football Alliance. We incorporated in September 2018. Assemblymember uh, Assemblymember Cooper approached us in October and said, hey guys, love what you did last year. Do you want to write a bill to put safety standards in? Willing to do the work? I'll, I will author it from a political perspective. We said, absolutely. Uh, And there's a little bit of a backstory here because the way we beat the bill last year, we actually co-opted the bill. AB 2108 was so, such a train wreck of a bill and so bad for this country. We approached the Assembly Member Chu, who was the chair of the committee, was going to hear that. And we met with him on a Tuesday, a week before that bill was going to be heard. And in that meeting, we convinced him that AB 2108 was bad. And he turned to us and he said, well, what would you guys do if we wrote, if there was a bill to be written for you tackle football? And we said, turn to section three of our opposition letter. Here's 12 ideas of what a good youth tackle football safety bill looks like. He turned to his consultant and he said, let's start writing that. We rewrote that in the ensuing 24 hours. We rewrote it. I got the emails on my hard drive back and forth. And then we, then assembly member True represented that bill to McCarty and said, you can take this bill forward, but you can't take the 2108 forward. And McCarty said, if I can't take my bill forward, I'm not taking any bill forward. That's how it actually died. So here we have, here we leave that experience with this bill in our hand, victorious, waving the bill around saying, this is what good looks like. Cooper comes in in October, 2018 and says, hey, do you guys want to write that bill? We go, yep, absolutely. We published that bill on December 2nd of 2018 for the first time. Over the last six months, we've built this organization. We've built the solution and we've delivered. Here's, I really want to make a point on this one. We delivered. If, if this were a football game, We're undefeated, unscored upon with our political work and AB1. Not one politician voted against AB1. Nobody did. In fact, everybody voted in support of our bill, including 10 co-authors of the bill to ban youth tackle football. Dude, All it was was elbow grease, shouldering against the sled and doing the work in an intelligent organized planned fashion. And we set the alliance up. We set the alliance up. First, phase 1, get this legislation in place, not cuz we necessarily wanted to. We the three of us, we we I would call us small government guys. Yeah? Am I right?
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, absolutely. Here we
2: go. <laughs> Here absolutely. We
1: go. Yeah, yeah no, look, uh, yeah, we're we're small government would would probably fit us best.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair uh, – without getting into all the politics.
1: Yes, right? exactly. But we're,
2: but we're small government guys, right? We're not big government guys. Well, we had to put legislation in place to preserve our rights because we were under attack. McCarty said this to my face. I'm a crazy left-wing liberal, and this is what I do. <laughs> oh, no. He, he said it to me. Ron was in the room. There were other guys in the room, too. He said that. He he. And so here's this guy running around – Attacking our sport. You know, I'm not going to stand by and be, and, and, and be apathetic and idle while, while I live in this state and I run a football program and I'm a former football player and, and just let this crazy left wing liberal do this stuff. So we, so we stood up and we delivered on the bill. That's the first thing. Second thing, we, we've, we've signed partnerships. We have five partnerships right now. Those partnerships are all all designed to help the youth tackle football organization get solutions that will establish compliance with AB1. So if, if there's coaches listening out of this or administrators or parents and they're like, uh, geez, you know, I, I hate big government. You, you know what? So do we. But Sacramento said, we're going to take your sport. We don't believe you're doing enough to protect our kids. And so we stood up and we put something in place. That is no regrets.
1: And honestly, Joe, we, the three of us wouldn't have been able to do this without Assemblyman Cooper coming and, and stepping up for
2: youth football because that's what he did. I mean, he did. The day, the day that he knocked on our door and said, hey, do you guys want to do this? That was one of the greatest gifts that we've experienced in this journey. I mean, and that's, he, and, and beyond him raising his hand, what a great guy to work with. And his whole office, Daniel Washington, I can't wait to get him on this call. Roy, his legislative director, salt of the earth people, you know, t- keeping the kids first. You know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, a, a longer relationship now and supporting some of the work he wants to do in his backyard, right? He About helping him with some of his, his plans. Yeah, just, just a ton of respect and appreciation. And, and Member Cooper, if you're listening, and Daniel and Roy... Just can't thank you enough. Can't thank you guys enough for the partnership, collaboration, and, and and really driving AB1 home.
1: And I think that's important for everyone here in California and youth football community to understand that. The, the impact that Assemblyman Cooper had in, in this, this whole journey to get AB1 passed. I mean, this wouldn't happen without him. That kind of leads me into... We'll call it the, the freak-out portion of this, and we'll kind of discuss the bill now and some of the reaction that's going on. You know, we've seen a uh, a roller coaster ride of emotions from the youth football community. Some people that really didn't even know this bill was even out there, those that have been following this kind of knew it was coming. You know, they were kind of, you know, supporting it and hoping that it would happen. So, Ron, as far as the bill and what AB1 is going to do, what do you see out there in, in, you know, social media and getting phone calls and talking to youth football community members across the state of California? Let's go with the concerns and let's go with some. We'll go with some of the pros and the cons. What are some of the concerns you see out there, and, and how can we address some of those? It's interesting because we've gotten a
0: mixed bag of review. So whether you love the bill hate the bill, have very little knowledge on the bill. The bill is here to stay. But I I think we've really seen a a various approach to how people feel about this bill. Um, I know in social media, I've seen people who applaud it. I see people who really are questioning what the bill is. Maybe they haven't had an opportunity to read the bill. Let's, Let's be very honest and transparent here. Safety is not always sexy, right? Right. So- that's what drives this bill. Safety and education is not always sexy. Um, there's going to be a time coming real soon where people will have an understanding of what the bill is and why it is. And you really have to circle back to why the bill's here in the first place. And the fact that the sport was, was really, uh, on the cusp of being banned. That's what led this particular bill that we're laying out now. I understand the confusion. I really do. I think it's our role as the Alliance to put that information out and, uh, and be a voice of advocacy and help those groups understand why the bill's here and what we need to do to become compliant. Really, it's a time for the alliance to roll the sleeves up, if you will, and go to work.
1: That's the next phase of the alliance. And Joe, um, on the positive note of the bill, there's a lot of freak out out there right now. I mean, you see it everywhere. It's, it's in the news media. Uh, I and mean, to be honest with you, some of these news uh, media stories that I've seen, I don't think they're really capturing the full context of what this bill does. Shocker.
2: Well, well, Wait, a just, minute. Wait a minute. The news media, they got the
1: facts wrong? Wait. I mean, that's to be expected, right? I mean, even some of the headlines and, um, you know, I, I saw a news or uh, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to call them out. But I just I saw a, uh, a, a local news report and the reporter said that the alternative basically would have been this year to ban football this year. Well, that wasn't this year. That was last year. So there's a lot of misinformation going out there. For those in the youth football community and maybe some of those in the media, give us some of the pros of this bill and 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 the importance and the impact that it's going to make moving forward for the state of California. Not only that, hopefully, you know, maybe across the nation.
2: Yeah, cool. So so um, many of uh, a lot of what's in the bill. So there's 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 three types of legislative requirements in the bill. First type are those that are, have been brought down from the high school level. For example, no full contact year-round. You can't do it in high school. Shouldn't be able to do it at the youth either. It's that simple. It's true, right? That's an easy one. Inspired by the way that high school football is played should be appropriate for our youth. Second one is you know limiting contact. So in high school, the current state law, the Cooley Act, limits full contact, full contact portion of practice to 90 minutes twice a week. That, that went into law in 2015. Ours does the same thing. It limits full contact to 30 minutes twice a week for youth. Well, where did you come up with 30 minutes? Well, first, we were inspired by the requirement at the high school level. I don't know anybody at any level. People in the pros, college, high school, and youth. I don't know anybody at any level who's gone full contact 90 minutes twice a week. It's outdated. It's that 1970 football. We, it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not and, the game today, Joe. It's not, it's not. It's not. And anybody who says it, that it is, is a 1970s coach. So, so you're, you know, and, and those, those coaches, you know, are you putting 1970s helmets on your kids? No, Nope. Are you teaching them 1970s techniques? No. Are you running them n- not 90 minutes of full contact twice a week? No, it doesn't make sense. So we brought it down to 30 minutes twice a week. And to be honest with you, internally, we talked about is, is, is that even enough? And sure. we decided, look, look let's, that, that's the right number for state law. And that, because, uh, you know, honestly, in the program that I run in my backyard, Southern Marin Broncos, we've been doing 20 minutes of full contact twice a week for a couple of years now. Anyone who says they can't teach kids how to tackle and block or defeat the block with only 30 minutes of full contact twice a week. Here's what they're really saying. I don't know how to do that. And, and there are many of us in, in this podcast and others in California and beyond who know how to do that and who are doing it. That's why we set the Alliance up. We put the Alliance, we had this debate last summer, we're going to put the alliance in place as a 501c3 so that we can actually help coaches be compliant. We're not just going to write a bill and drop it off on people's doorstep and say, good luck with that, guys. We're, we're moving, we actually are trying to drive the California Youth Football Alliance. Actually, I'm not, we're not trying anymore. We are. We are driving the youth tackle football industry down a path. We're maturing it. And everyone's going to have to come along with us at this point. let's let's stay now. Let's talk about that because in terms of
0: questions asked earlier, one of the biggest pieces of a commentary that I hear is exactly that point. 30 minutes is not enough time. Let's address a couple of points here. First of all, when we were drafting the bill, we took a look at that contact period as you laid out in reference to high school. You now, we believe that there should be a significant difference in contact between somebody who is eighteen versus somebody who is eight. That's point number one, and it should pair that level of athlete. Point number two, as it relates to that half hour, I would openly challenge any coach who doesn't believe in a philosophy that is is led by quality over quantity. Third point: the national trend now, and it's it's here to stay. It's part of the evolution of the sport. Is less time in contact at the pro level, at the collegiate level. I believe Dartmouth doesn't even uh, have contact in practice. There are states now that are moving to a 15-minute window. That 30-minute window is ample time. And let me clear up one other misnomer for people that are listening. I've had this conversation as well. It does not mean that you have a 30-minute accumulative practice time. It basically means that in a full contact sense, you're limited to 30 minutes. There are a lot of things that go on in a practice in a two-hour period that are not reminiscent of full contact, but focus more on development, skill, and technique. And those things are critical portions of what you do and this bill.
1: Well, and here here's part of the education piece in this and understanding where these contact limitations are coming from. This is very important because this isn't something new that is happening here just for youth football in California, there's been other states that are uh, definitely ahead of the curve in this. And, and just in the past week, there was a new study that came out from Wisconsin, and I think this is very key. I mean, this number is is huge. And for those who maybe don't follow the science of, of football, this is very, very important. Because in this new study, the reduction in full contact time for Wisconsin high school football teams has seen a 57% decline in in the rate of concussions 57% decline in concussions from reducing contact time in practice alone
0: that one studies Wisconsin but i would say that that would span the nation it's it's a common sense approach
1: it's a common sense approach so that that's the goal of the overall aspect of ab1 and we have all these little you know intricate parts to the bill but th- th- this freak out mode of of what's going on I think it's it's more of an education of what is happening in the world of football, because I think guys, we understand we're all volunteers. Everybody's volunteering. you know you you, you got your guy in you know Northern California running a you know hundred hundred player youth football league. you know he he works during the day, he's got his family to take care of. He's you know, trying to do his best by his community and and and, and coach these kids up in youth football. I don't know how much time a lot of people have to look into studies like that or or follow those trends. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here, you know, AB1 is one piece of it, but what we're doing with the alliance is is going to help educate youth football in California to get everybody up to a different standard. And I think that's the, you know, the first step with AB1 in doing that.
2: Yeah, so so we just went like really deep into the first type of legislative requirement of the bill, inspired by high school law. Second piece, current best practices. Many organizations already doing this across the state of California, across the country. Example, An hours of non-contact before you have any contact. Most organizations are doing that. I've seen in some of the um, so, social posts, several organizations have said, we're already doing pretty much all of AB1. A, 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 Second example, an EMT. At at every football game. Some leagues have paramedics, have ambulances on the field.
1: Hey, Joe, real real quick, make sure it's EMT or higher.
2: EMT or Or higher, higher. right? EMT or or higher qualified medical professional, right? And it's an EMT in California because California does not recognize athletic trainers. And if you look at the athletic trainer website, C-A-T-A, California Athletic Trainers Association, and you look at their legislative section, you will find their own statement saying, there is no definition, standard, of an athletic trainer in the state of California. Anyone can call themselves an athletic trainer. So we, so we, couldn't, we couldn't embed, unfortunately, I want to be really clear about this. Unfortunately, we couldn't include athletic trainers in the bill yes. for that reason. So we set it at EMTs. The, the, these are, you know, reconditioning your helmet every other year. Current best practice. Not every four years, not every five years. And not cleaning it, reconditioning it to a noxy standard. So, so we, we put a bunch of those in, and then we added what I would call some leading practices. And really the, the best example of this one is injury tracking and reporting. You got to make sure that you're watching the injuries and tracking them and reporting them and managing them through whatever protocol you specify with your local league or your local association especially the ones that are the injuries that are head related because there's state law around how a head injury is handled already pre-existing happens right now that law is in place of how how we need to handle the return to play protocol for not just football for every sport that's true so this our injury tracking and reporting is going to help our, community, our youth tackle football community be compliant, not just with AB1, but with other currently existing laws that nobody can tell where the compliance is on any of that stuff. But we're going to be able to actually do that by, by the, with the solutions that we're bringing to bear. So, the, so three t- types of legislative requirements in the bill, those inspired by high school, current practices and, and some, one or two uh, leading practices we think are going to push the envelope of our, of our industry forward.
0: Yeah, I like the term leading practice because that's, that's correct. And all of those items are key components. But one of the most important component of this bill is, is the fact that coaches need to be certified in multiple areas. We've just upped the ante. We've just raised a bar. It's a privilege to coach, not a Right. Um, and that conversation is going to be had over and over and over again, because as a coach, you're only as good as your knowledge base. And that is a, really a key component of this bill. And ironically, I haven't heard much feedback on social media or from anybody else about that element of the bill, because I think coaches understand that how critical that really is.
1: That, that's just common sense. You know, when we're responsible for the welfare and safety of children, um, you know, it's different when you're coaching your own kid. A lot of guys will be like, oh, that's my kid. It's my kid. But, you know, when you got 100, 150, you know, some some leagues have 300 kids. You know, it's it's a big responsibility to have their 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 safety, uh, their welfare and, and their health in your hands. So, um, you know, I just think it's 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 going to we're going to have to drag I'm going to have to drag some guys and some gals along with us and get them up to the same standard. And, and that, that, that kind of brings me into the overall aspect of AB1 because we all know, and we've used this term before with youth football, youth football is fragmented. Uh, We know it's fragmented, and I I don't want that term to to seem as a negative. It's not a negative. It's just it's fragmented in the aspect that we have Pop Warner, AYF, AYU, and we have a, a lot of independent leagues and conferences across the state of California. So everybody's kind of been doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's kind of been a hodgepodge of different things. So one thing that AB1 does is it standardizes safety protocols for everybody, no matter where you play. And to me, that, that is one of the, the best aspects of the bill because now as a parent, you know, it doesn't matter where you sign up, it does, it, Pop Warner, AYF, wherever, everybody's going to be doing this. So you should be getting that standardized experience across the board. So I think in, in the longer term, I mean, yeah, this week it's, it's freak out week for a lot of people, but in the longer term, once this starts to translate down to the parents, you know, from coaches down to the parents, I think people are going to see that overall we're raising the level for everybody. And honestly, guys, some guys might
2: drop out of the sport. Yeah. And so, so just, you know, on that, on the freak out, Steve, I mean, in, in any life situation, when you're presented with new information that you don't understand, yes, you freak out. Now, when I say you don't understand it, it's not because you don't have the cognitive ability. It's because when you you get that new piece of it, this is a very this is a human dynamic. It's undeniable. When a human is presented with new information that they don't understand, the first thing they the first thing that they do, our brains are wired to do this. They perceive it as a threat. You know why? You know why that happens? Actually, there's actually there's 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 real science of the brain behind this. The reason why that happens. It's because we we've emerged from, from living in caves, right? The, the human species, we lived in caves. And when we heard a rustle in the, in the bushes, that w- we got afraid. We thought we were going to be attacked. It's called the reptilian brain. So it's a very natural experience for people to go, whoa, new information. I don't get it. It's, stop. For me, it shows me the level of engagement that we're getting. And what we want right now as the Alliance is engagement yeah let's freak out let's let's get in the conversation about well what does this really mean well here's what that's why the alliance is here because here's here's one thing that we're not. we're not a national governing body. that's not what we are. We are a bunch of regular guys. we're parents, we're friends we're community members we're football coaches and administrators. and we wrote this bill from a from a place of it's being implemented in many organizations already, and we know that this is possible. We've walked the fields. Ron was suiting helmets, fitting helmets the other day when uh, the Senate vote came in, right? When I got the call from, from Assembly Member Cooper, I was in a tip of the spear workshop with my 25 coaches teaching them the very best techniques on blocking and defeating the block, we're football guys. We know how this sport works, especially at the youth level. Nobody knows it better at the youth level in the country when you look at the three of us from my perspective. And I say that very humbly with all due respect to everyone in the country. The California Youth Football Alliance was put in place to now, phase two of this, is to enable organizations to be compliant, to enthusiastically adopt, embrace and make California the safest you tackle football state in the country. So we're gonna, we're here to help. You got questions? Email us, info at C-A-Y-F-A dot org, really easy. That email goes right to a couple of our phones. We look at it, We're, we're, we're gonna have more enablement calls, we're gonna do videos, we're gonna do a lot more. We got time. We purposefully delayed the implementation of this to give us time to prepare for compliance.
0: No, it's that's that's a great point. And, and I like the caveman reference. Uh, Frankly, I've been accused of being a caveman at, at a time. <laughs> or two, so I certainly I certainly like that I, reference. I also like the freak out term, Steve, because what that is doing and you're seeing it playing out in real time now is it's driving conversations. One thing we haven't talked about today is the timing of the release of the bill. Right. We know that it's going to be, be uh, come into effect in, in 2021. I'm really pleased that it's released now. I'm pleased that Governor Newsom had the foresight to not delay and sign this into effect now, versus this bill say coming out in January. We're getting ready to kick off the season. So everybody in the youth tackle football world, even even those who have may come out from under a rock who've been, you know, dormant the whole time, because that's how coaches are, that they they're hat on, their whistle, they're ready to go. The release of the bill coming now on the cusp of the season is going to continue to drive this conversation and give opportunity. I, I could not be more pleased about the timing.
2: Ron, such a great point. We couldn't have picked a better time for the bill to be signed and announced. Everyone's thinking about football. If, if we'd announced this in like March, it would have been dull because football's not in everyone's mind. The, those are signs. Those are indications that what we're doing is, you know, the right thing. And the freak out, those are also indications that what we're doing is the right thing because people are paying attention and to Ron's point is starting the dialogue. It's good for everyone to be engaged. And, you know, as far as the alliance goes
1: and moving forward here in the next year and, and ultimately to 2021 when AB1 takes effect, our organization has not grown the way it's going to grow. I guess you could say, you know, we have medical advisory committee now with some of the best in the world on our medical advisory committee. You know, we have a few board members, some really great people that have joined us on our board. But the next step for us in this journey of the Alliance and in preserving youth football here in California is involving the youth football community into the Alliance. That that phase has not started yet. It will here very soon. You know, the past few months has has been dedicated to getting AB1 passed. That's where all the energy and focus has gone into. Now it's going to be a different phase for us. And for those of you listening to this who are in the youth football community in the state of California, you guys are just as important as the three of us guys here on this chain crew podcast, to be honest with you, and actually probably more important than us, the parents out there, you guys are ultimately going to drive the sport where it's going to go. You, You have more say than you probably realize you have in the direction of this sport, especially in your local communities, right? Because we can't be out there with you at your practice fields, talking to your parents and and spreading this message. So it's going to take everybody as a team effort, and we have a team sport, to to do this, right? To keep preserving the sport of youth football. That's what this is all about. And that's what makes us as the Alliance somewhat different than, than, than any other organization out there. We started with the Save Youth Football Coalition and now we're the Alliance and we're here to continue to preserve the sport of youth football for Jane and Bob and in, in, in Redding, California, wherever you guys are at. You know, we're here for you and your kids. That's what we're here for. And and A B one, since this show was about A B one is basically one key aspect to that. And I just think that's important for everybody to know that, you know, we're going into a different phase with the Alliance and you're probably going to see more of us. You're going to probably have more contact from us. And, you know, we're going to build this thing together and and continue, you know, preserving our choice and, and our rights to play youth football in the state of California. Um, we got just a few minutes left. Um, Joe and Ron, we'll get you guys uh, a couple wrap-up comments. Joe?
2: Yeah, I just... Um, uh, so first, I, I just want to thank and appreciate you two guys. You're like brothers to me. This ride, this experience, and doing this work with you is... Some of the outside of my house, outside of me being a husband and father, um, the greatest work of my life, most meaningful, um, sincerely moving, and uh, something I feel very passionate about. and so I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for you too. I'm also thankful to assembly member Cooper, our board, um, as well as that medical advisory committee who's been emailing me saying, "You know, congratulations, great work. So humbled." And, and, and frankly, kind of like a little stunned right now with the bill going into law, I'm still kind of like, like, I feel like I should feel like it just scored a touchdown, but it's been it a very different experience. And I'm uh, um, just so, so grateful to have had this opportunity to contribute to the world in this way with the three of you, with the, uh, the three of us.
0: Oh, Joe, you're going to mess around and make an old football coach emotional. Uh, but uh, but, but uh, I, I can't add to that other than to say thank you as well. Thanks to all those people. Thanks to everybody who called in last year when we were in the midst of the fire. Thanks for those people who stood up on the steps in Sacramento or where you're at with your rally. Thanks for the people who emailed in and believe in the sport. Thanks to Todd Bloomstein. Thanks to his work. Thanks to, to Jason Ingman. People that were on the ground floor. Thanks to, to Chris For for getting this thing started. I would like to leave the listeners with a couple of things first, if I can do that. Read the bill. <laughs> right. Please take time to read the bill. I think that's really important. And, and, and our role is going to be helping to provide that dialogue and that, that content. The final thing. You said something really key that touched me earlier, Steve. The lay of the land, the football community in California is absolutely fragmented. Unfortunately, there are those out there who have, have tried to exploit that, what they believe is a weakness, I believe is a strength. AB1, at some level, will start to create unification in the sport. So whether you're Pop Warner, AYF, Independent Leagues, et cetera, that level of unification is here now. I would hope for the survival of the sport and all the families that it serves, that we all collectively embrace that and seize this
1: opportunity. The, the more we are together, and those would be my final comments, the more we are together as a youth football community. Hey, play at Pop Warner. Play play at your local Independent League. That, hey, that's totally cool. You know, play wherever you want to play because we want you to play. And that's very key. But, you know, the days of everybody infighting and in youth football and, and uh, I'm going to go steal this kid and do this and that and, we're, you know, whatever. We're past that. We're we're in the band youth football era, guys. And, and this is something that we need to be strong um, no matter where you're at. Southern California, Northern California, Central Mountains, Desert Ocean. We as a youth football community in California have to come together and not fight each other because we have enough people fighting us from the outside. Take that message with you and take it to heart because it's so, so true. And as far as the Alliance and AB1... Um, there's a lot more we're going to be discussing about this in the near future here on the chain crew, because I know we can get, we can get really into the, uh, into the weeds of this bill and, and we definitely will. So, um, thanks for listening today. Steve Famiano, along with Joe Rafter, Ron White, this is the chain crew podcast, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us on another Chain Crew podcast powered by Atavis. Make sure to send us feedback and show ideas to info at cayfa.org.